The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, we are going to be looking back at last night at Wander Franco's debut, looking at maybe some others on the way. Uh, also looking ahead to next month's first-year player draft. How are you doing, though, on this Wednesday? Good, man. Nice. Doing very well. How are you? I went to the optometrist this morning, and I'm back to contacts now, James. Nice. It's been about five years since I wore contacts. I just hated, you know, just taking them in and out of my eye all the time. But now I can go to daily disposables. So how about that? I, so I, uh, excited. I have some contacts that I sleep in for, like, weeks without taking them out. Oh, that's nice. I See, I used to do that when you weren't, when I wasn't supposed to. Um, I just, you know, I got away from it, but then I got so sick of cleaning my glasses. I noticed every little smudge on those things. Um, so now yeah, I'm back to, uh, back to contacts. It's a little weird. My eyes are a little adjusting to it's going to take. I did get these eyes on Wander last night though. Uh, fell behind O2 in his first at bat and drew a walk, obviously homered and not really much to add. I know you're probably relieved that you don't have to answer prospect questions related to wander anymore you'll still have to answer dynasty questions though i feel for you yeah no it was a it was a fun debut for him um but we we keep our eye moving forward on on who could be the next guys to get the call yeah i think i said last week that I, i'd probably give up the stash on franco in a 12 my timing this year has just been brutal um i don't know man just just don't have it this year, I guess. But um, still grinding away, and we're going to keep doing that. Um, other guys who could get the call at some point pretty soon, Kelnick, obviously. You'd think he'd come back maybe around the All-Star break, maybe a little before. What about Joe Adele? Is he going to be on Wander Franco's heels, do you think? Um, 
you know, I, we have to mention him, but I just, I don't see any reason to think he would have success right away. Uh, there could be some power there that comes with a low batting average, but you know, he, he just continues to produce and put up monster numbers, you know, like just standard Roto numbers with a horrible approach. So, you know, worth, worth mentioning Joe Dell, but even if he were to get the call, I just, I think the, the strikeouts and the lack of walks would be a pretty huge issue. Now you kind of suggested that you were kind of leaning the other way after initially suggesting you, we could see Fidel Brujan up before Franco. Then you just kind of said, well, Brujan kind of hit the skids a little bit at triple a while Wander Franco was continuing to light it up. Uh, so they did not get the call at the same time, but do you think Brujan's coming pretty soon? Is there a spot for him? Not really. I mean, I, I, you don't typically promote a guy when he's hitting like, let's see. Um, in the month of June, he's hitting under the Mendoza line. So mm. like I, you, you don't typically get a promotion for hitting a buck 88. So, um, you know, he had a really hot start to the year. I'm really glad I did not bump him any higher than I did. I, I bumped him inside the top 20, but, resisted the urge to, to move him even higher. And, you know, I mean, any guy's going to have peaks and valleys in his season, but it's not like Bruhan's kicking the door down right now. The other guy there in that mix then is Josh Lowe, of course. We kind of talked about how it's maybe contingent on a Kevin Kiermeyer long-term injury or a trade. Still kind of that same mindset where it's just got to get that obstacle out of the way. Yeah, but it has it has gotten to the point where I'd probably rather stash low than Bruhan because mm-hmm. Lowe's you know, Lowe's hitting really well. He's he's been keeping up his strong start and they have a similar you know, Bruhan maybe has a slightly higher ceiling in terms of stolen bases that he could notch in one season. But I think just for this season I, I think it would be very comparable if they both got the same amount of plate appearances. So Lowe's performing better. Um, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend stashing either guy in like a 15 team mixer with shallow benches, but if you were to stash one of those guys, I would, uh, go with low. Very nice. And Jerem Duran's been a guy people have been talking about a lot. You've been throwing a little cold water on him, but he was, you know, with the Olympic team for a little bit. Then he came back and was just you know, picked up right where he left off with the affiliated club. And, um, yeah, what were your what are the main reasons of caution there? Just a lot of swing and miss, I assume. Um, I just I think he would swing and miss a lot in the majors. Uh, obviously, more so than he's doing at AAA. Uh, if he if he were to carry that over, then he would have a lot of success and be really valuable. But I I just I wouldn't expect him to hit for a very high average in year one. And then, uh, Todd Zola, who probably follows, uh, the Wu Sox more closely than either of us do was mentioning how he thinks the Red Sox want Duran to play in the Olympics, uh, before giving him the call. So, you know, I think he's kind of in that, that fringe range. If you're talking about a, a mixer where you're looking to stash a guy, like, I don't think it's a 
foregone conclusion that we see him in the coming weeks. Um, so I think he's kind of right there with Josh Lowe in terms of how much I'd want to stash him. Nice. Yeah, I, I can say with certainty that Todd knows more about the Blue Sox than me specifically. But, um, yeah, an exciting player, but we'll see. I um, It's a hard hard leap, and we'll see if he's able to, to do it. Shane Boz, the Wizard of Boz. Now, he was the talk of what it must have been 2019 Fall League. Then he kind of – the name kind of – Got quiet, but that was mostly just because of the lost 2020 minor league season, I'd assume. Uh, is he knocking on the door? Is he forcing the hand? I think he has become the top pitching prospect to stash. Hmm. I don't know when he would get the call, but he's been so impressive this year. Uh, really developed that third pitch which seemed to be kind of the the barrier to him being a true starting pitcher. Uh, now it just kind of seems like he's just firing on all cylinders. And obviously he's always had a very high ceiling because of the fastball and the breaking ball. But I mean, you just kind of look at what he's done this year, forced that promotion to AAA. Like you said, he's hitting the ground running there. So um I'm not sure if we see him before September and maybe they even um, transition him to the big league bullpen down the stretch to manage his innings. But if like we got the word that Boz was getting the call to make a start in the coming weeks, I think he'd be a must add everywhere. So you might want to get out in front of that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I've kind of uh, soured on stashing pitching prospects, but that's all right. Um, I mean, that's I just saw that's Jackson Coar. That's the Just smart way to it. go, probably. But, I mean, everyone wants something in terms of, you know, who, who should oh, I yeah. be stashing. So. I'm always trying to just add somebody good to my roster. So, yeah, I've taken the chance on, you know, Manoa, Coar. I had Brady – well, not Brady Singer. Um, Daniel Lynch in this head-to-head league. So, I've been picking up a lot of the youngsters, and they haven't been great. But um, I guess in, in stake league, I'm losing some points. But stashing on – Gilbert may be paying off at this point. He's been a lot better lately looking Gilbert. Uh, what about Edward Cabrera, James? Is he a guy who you think is going to debut, say, around the you know, next month or so? Uh, I don't know about that, but I did change his – I had his ETA at 2022, and I changed it this morning to 2021. Uh, he's been on the IL with the biceps issue, but mm-hmm. – he's been pitching really well during his, his rehab stint. And I was pretty skeptical that he would uh, be healthy enough to debut this year, but just based off his box scores and and his rehab outings, it certainly seems like he's back to to being the guy that we saw in 2019. So, um, you know, the Marlins have turned to a lot of guys that I I hadn't even heard of coming into the year in that rotation. So Mm -hmm. I think if, if Cabrera gets healthy, you could certainly see them turn to him. Yeah, with Eliezer out there, you know, they started Daniel Castano quite a bit. Uh, Jordan Holloway, they have Cody Petit in there right now. So, yeah, there, there would seem to be an opening. He, just, he has not thrown a whole lot, though, this year, Edward Cabrera. Uh, Tanner Houck, he's a name that I know you were liking uh, quite a bit as a rising prospect over the past couple of years, right? 
Um, what's he yeah, doing this I mean, year? Yeah, I mean, back in very, very early draft prep, I mean, I had Tanner Houck kind of right there with Trevor Rogers, but things have kind of gone in opposite directions for those two, mostly due to health for Houck. But uh, he had a, a strong rehab start the other day. Just, you know, a guy not to forget about. I think we we probably see him sometime this summer again um, if he stays healthy. Cal Raleigh is a name you mentioned before we started this broadcast. And uh, you think he's maybe among the, the best stash candidates in all the game? Yeah, I really do. And that's crazy to say for a catching prospect. And I, I haven't been super high on Cal Raleigh over the years, but it's really tough to argue with what he's doing at AAA right now. And and the main thing is just the, the strikeouts have not been there. I, I thought he was going to be a just kind of your classic catcher who – hits for power but strikes out too much to be that much of a, a net positive in fantasy but I mean he's got a strikeout rate under 15% at AAA that's really impressive especially for a catcher who's doing as much damage as he is at the plate obviously very favorable hitting environment that he's playing in but um, you know if <laughs> I mean he could be a guy that really kind of moves the needle in two catcher leagues if he gets the call i don't really know what the Mariners are waiting for at this point. I mean, they've got Tom Murphy and Luis Torrens ahead of him. Neither of them has been good enough as a two-way catcher to really get in the way of Raleigh, I wouldn't think. So, uh, I mean, I'd rather stash Cal Raleigh right now than like Joe Adele uh, or Vidal Brujan, honestly, in two catcher leagues. In one catcher leagues, you know, you probably would be getting maybe a bit too cute going after Raleigh because – you would think that there's someone that you're already rostering who's as good, if not better, but in two catcher leagues, he's right up there. Nice. Now, when we were looking at catchers last week in our main event league, I thought maybe we think about adding Kybert Ruiz, Kybert, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, Kybert Ruiz, even though he wasn't up, he has debuted, so he's eligible in the NFBC. I was thinking maybe we stash him, take a zero until he comes up. Uh, we did not go that route, but I thought, you know, that may not be the worst call because he looks like a guy who could come up and, and hold his own. Um, yeah, second, I mean, he's, he probably needs an injury, right? Like, that's that's the thing that sucks. Like, it it really sucks that he's in the Dodgers organization uh, because he's played so well at AAA this year. But they obviously, you know, Will Smith's amazing. And uh, Austin Barnes is the personal catcher to – uh, Kershaw so you know you wouldn't think there's a spot for him without an injury and even if it if it was an injury to Barnes maybe Ruiz is only playing like once a week twice a week so uh, it's tough I, I mean I think he's one of those guys where if he was up he'd be fine to roster in two catcher leagues even if he wasn't playing a ton because he's not going to hurt you or you wouldn't think he's going to hurt you because he makes so much contact but um, just a guy to kind of keep in mind, like if Will Smith suffered an injury, a serious injury, then I think Ruiz obviously gets the call and might just take over that amount of playing time. And in that case, he could be a top 15 catcher, but it's tough to stash a guy when you're basically banking on an injury for him to get the call. Yeah, that's true. Although I, I almost, in some cases would rather take a zero than some of these catchers. I mentioned earlier that my timing has been bad this year. No area or aspect of fantasy baseball worse 
with my timing than with catchers. And I owe you another apology for um, making us drop Victor Caratini for, uh, <laughs> well, we added Williams Acidio who got sent down, then Caratini hit a go-ahead home run. So timing with catchers is hard this year. And in some cases, you know, if the skill level doesn't cross a certain bar, maybe I do think about getting a Kyber Ruiz or even or Cal Raleigh. Uh, I'd imagine you'd put Joey Bart Joey Bart behind those two guys if you're looking at um rest of season. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was worth mentioning just because he's been doing a ton of damage at AAA, as you would probably expect, really, uh, when you factor in his age and his experience. Um, I mean, he's like the exact opposite of Kyber Ruiz, where you're going to get a lot of power, you would think. Um, from Bart in the long run with a probably a lower batting average, lower OBP. Uh, but I mean, I think we do probably see him sometime this summer and, you know, he might, he might be a guy where even if he's only playing a couple times a week, uh, might hit for enough power to justify going with him in a two catcher league. But if if you told me all three of those guys were going to get the same amount of plate appearances the rest of the way, he would probably be third. Now, other guys just one step away at AAA. We have some AA names to talk about too, but guys right now at AAA, anybody else you want to mention? Um, well, one guy that, uh, you know, Saris and I just picked up in Devil's Rejects is Hoi Jun Park with the Yankees. Uh, he's been really on a tear at triple a he is 25 uh a guy with some pedigree i mean he was a guy that's been ranked on the top 400 like three four years ago i believe um and he could be a replacement for rugi odor uh in 123 plate appearances at triple a he has 25 strikeouts 25 walks uh, six homers, WRC plus of 205. So obviously that's awesome. I wouldn't necessarily expect that to translate, but just a guy for people in really deep leagues, AL only leagues to keep an eye on. And then similarly, Jemai Jones uh, with the Orioles, I think we mentioned him maybe a week ago, but um, for deep leagues, AL only leagues, I think Jemai Jones is probably up sooner than later. And he could help you with stolen bases. Park has some steals this year, but He's more of like you're, you're hoping for a decent batting average, some power. Um, Jones could be a guy that contributes across the board. Nice, man. I, you, did, you mentioned Eno Saris, and I saw Joe Sheehan mention this on Twitter, that Eno kind of changed the game of baseball. How crazy is that? With his reporting on spin rates and sticky stuff. I know he had an article mentioning how most pitchers use it, use something. So that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've gone to a bar and hung out with a guy who's probably going to go down in the history books when it comes to baseball. <laughs> you know, sir. Yeah, Maybe he, you he as well. He knows great. No. Um, before we move on, let's t- throw to a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we are back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst James Anderson. James, one guy you didn't mention there was Hunter Green. Um, I did the same joke on Farm Friday, but not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. No, it was four, but four solo homers uh, in his AAA debut. I do think, though, I saw something that it was like, go see Hunter Green at AAA Louisville while you can. I do think he's probably there for a brief stay, even if his debut wasn't so hot. I didn't put any reds in the in the outline. Um, I was going to make you bring it that way if you wanted to. I like uh, it. You know, they've but, just been such a roller coaster. Yeah, I, I mean, I, last week that I was, you know, really loving the team again because they'd won like, you know, six straight and eight straight road games and then a four-game sweep at the hands of the, the Padres. They're a good team, but uh, just up and down with that team. They cannot sustain anything. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I don't, was watching I don't this, have anything more to add there. That, the game yesterday with Lucas Sims blowing up, it's just like they did end up coming out on top yesterday. But, um, they just cannot get above 500 and stay there. It's kind of weird. Bobby Witt, I'm sure after you filled in for Jeff Erickson on the XM show for a week or so, you're sick of talking about Bobby Witt uh, answering Chris Liss's I- many questions i'm not i'm not sick of talking about bobby witt actually i i i love talking about bobby witt i mean he's awesome and he is just tearing the cover off the ball at double a i you know we mentioned a lot of guys at triple a i think i'd rather stash wit than a lot of those guys we mentioned at triple a just because he has that game-changing upside uh if everything were to break right for him uh later this summer um and there's there's still a very real chance that we don't see him at all this year, and you have to just accept that as as reality. Uh, but there is a chance that we do see him, and you know he's got the strikeouts in check at at AAA, and I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he got the call to AAA before the end of this month. Um, he's just been so red hot, and he's answered the call and. Yeah, I mean, I, I love I love talking about Bobby Witt. All right, cool. I just figured you were maybe a little fatigued with that 
He is batting 343, 410, 657 in the month of June. Four homers, uh, five bags. Pretty good player. I know you've talked before about the difference in protocols. Just want to mention that again. Do you think that is it still the case where they kind of the, the double A protocols are different from triple A in the majors? So there may be an adjustment period where he has to go to double A and can't or has to go to triple A and can't just skip that level. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know for a fact that they are still different, but yeah. they were different at the they beginning were. of the year. And I yeah. would assume they're probably still taking um, the virus seriously enough that they would be different. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah important to mention that that doesn't mean we won't see Bobby Witt in the majors this year. That just means that we won't see him go from double A to the majors. He would or at least it's AAA. unlikely. At least it seems unlikely that he would. We've seen prospects make that jump before, obviously, but um, and if assuming he's fully vaccinated, maybe he could make that jump. But it does seem like maybe that will be a necessary step for him at AAA. Um, I mentioned that my stake league team is kind of hemorrhaging points, but I do have wit stashed along with trout. So I'm going to hopefully uh, make a push over the last third of the season. Hard to believe we're almost at the halfway point and uh, the MLB draft coming up, of course, before we talk about the draft though, a little programming note, you're doing something with the prospects live guys. Is it this Friday? Yeah. Yeah. What, can you explain? I know you've mentioned it before, but can you explain that yeah, activity, so exercise? Obviously, I mean, you should definitely be following Prospects Live and, and consuming all the great content they're putting out over there. Uh, they're friends of the show for sure. And the mock draft that they did um, back during the pandemic uh, last year, where there were 30. Um, people like myself drafting for all 30 teams and it was a live show on YouTube. Uh, that was honestly one of my favorite things I've ever done in, in the industry. It was just so much fun and really entertaining. And I would recommend everyone check that out this Friday. If you can at, at six thirty Eastern, I'll be picking for the brewers. I think I've got three picks that I'll be making for them. And if you can't make it, I, I know it'll be up on YouTube that you could watch at a later date, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, you'll probably know some people that are that are picking. I know Chris Welsh is picking for the Diamondbacks again. Uh, and all those guys do such a good job with this, uh, this project. So really looking forward to it on Friday. That's great. Yeah, I look forward to maybe checking that out. 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I yeah, think the draft the draft part starts at seven Eastern, but I think they're okay. going to do like a mini sort of pre-show, um, maybe like half hour or so of just kind of um, previewing everything. I know I forget who it was who said on our show that he'd be throwing out some some outrageous comps. Some oh Matt Thompson, the, yeah. the Hunter or the uh, Harold Reynolds role. So that's nice of him. But that's I do think that's a really cool thing. You know, it's like a just a. 30 person mock essentially, but somebody actually filling the, the shoes of that, the decision makers in each particular organization, just kind of a cool uh, thing. And yeah. The prospects live guys do great work. Definitely uh, big fans of them. Now let's talk a little bit about that upcoming draft. Now, James, I know you're not going to be in town here in Madison, but you're going to be uh, in Vegas this year, right? For the draft. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a little, 
I know you're going to be pre-writing a lot of the notes that are going to be li going live to the site, and we will have full coverage. But um, yeah, you deserve to have a little time where you can, you know, you don't have to be writing every single note in real time. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'd I'd like to be. I I would not have chosen to avoid it if uh, you know if I if I didn't have that opportunity to, to go to Vegas, uh, for the company retreat. Um, my wife really looks forward to that. So we'll be doing that, oh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I wish I, I could make I, it, but I'm not going to, not going to, but I'll miss you guys. Honestly, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I'm crossing my fingers that I'll actually be watching a Bucks NBA finals game instead mm. of the draft that night. Um, that, that could be going down. Nice. Uh, go Bucks. But, yeah, I mean it's it's stupid. I, I can't believe MLB thought this was a good idea to do the draft during the All Star break. Um, it's ridiculous. But you know what are you going to do? Um, it's <laughs> they're going to try it this year. They'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's the whole thing's been jumping around the past couple of years. By the way, I just saw Lars Newtbar had his first big league hit. I don't imagine he's a prospect of much note. But I did see that Lars Newtbar got called up. Anyway, back to this upcoming first-year player draft. Now, the top names that most people know, just kind of casual observers of the draft, know Al Leiter, Kumar Rocker. But for fantasy, are those two your, your top guys for the, for the draft, or do you like uh, some others ahead of those arms? Yeah, I mean, no, they're definitely not. Um, my top guys for fantasy. Um, and this is, this is just not a good draft for, for fantasy really. Uh, it's not a good year to have a super high first year player draft pick. Um, and it's all about the high school shortstops at the top. Um, it's, you know, it's not a good draft for college hitters specifically, which is, Typically, the guys that I like the most for fantasy are going to be the best college hitters from the class. But for this class, the best college hitter is a catcher in Henry Davis. And so that's, you know, it's not not great, uh, even though Henry Davis is a, is a really good prospect by college catcher standards. Uh, he's going to hit and he's going to hit for power and he's uh, hopefully not going to strike out too much. But when that's the top college hitter in a class, I mean, it's just not going to be a great class. Now, there are uh, three uh, high school shortstops that I really like, uh, Khalil Watson, Marcelo Mayer, and then to a lesser extent, Jordan Lawler. Um, but those guys, you know, with some graduations ahead of that draft update, I would maybe expect Watson and Mayer to be inside the top 40. Um, but they're pro they're almost certainly not going to enter the top 400 in the top 30. And usually we get at least someone from a draft class in the top 30. And, and sometimes there's multiple guys. Uh, so it's just, you know, these guys have a lot of upside. Uh, I think Watson is probably my favorite from this class, Khalil Watson, uh, just because I think his ceiling is the highest and um, he's just, he's a ton of fun. I mean, he gets, compared to jazz chisholm i mean that's not a it's not a perfect comp but that kind of gives you an idea of the type of tools you're talking about um marcelo mayer is you know i think there maybe are some Corey seager similarities in terms of like what the fantasy upside is with him 
uh, big time hitter, a uh, guy that could hit for you know three ten if everything breaks right. He could compete for batting titles, but Watson and Myer are still we're talking like three four years away. Um, in a best case scenario. So if those are the top two guys in the class, it's, it's just not that great. Yeah, I hear you. So Khalil Watson sounds like will be the highest ranked player on your top 400, probably in the 40 to 50 range. If you were in the shoes of the Baltimore Orioles in this prospects live mock draft on Friday, again, you're picking for the Brewers, but if you were picking for the O's, would you take Khalil Watson like in real life? Is he the, the number one real life player? Or would you actually take maybe the catcher? I would take I would take the college shortstops. I mean, okay. I, I, it's not you know it's not ideal to take a, a prep hitter that high, but I just I don't love the I don't love the other options. And I mean it's not it's not even a good draft for college pitchers really. Uh, Lighter and Rocker are fine. I mean I think I like them about as much as I liked Casey Mize in his draft year, but I mean, these aren't, I, I don't like either guy as much as I liked like Max Meyer in, uh, in last year's draft. So uh, they're, they're probably going to slot in outside of the top 50. Um, the college, the, the high school shortstops, you're going to have to wait. You're going to be patient, but you could at least, you could dream on hitting on a superstar with one of them. And I think that's that's the whole point of the draft is to chase that upside. Now, Kumar Rocker, I feel like, is the name from this class that I've heard about for the longest. And I feel like he was on, you know, pitcher, Pitching Ninja like four years ago, three. Maybe it was only a couple. But it seems like he's just kind of been talked about for a long time. But has his stock taken sort of a hit in the last year or so? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a year ago he was the favorite to be the number one pick. Uh, he probably won't be the number one pick. And it's just, you know, there's there's a lot to like there, and I, I'm rooting for him. I mean, he's he's very easy to root for. Uh, you love the passion that he pitches with and how competitive he is out there. Uh, but it's, you know, it's mostly two pitches right now. And so – uh, and he's, I think the velocity and the command have kind of come and gone a little bit this year. So, I mean, there, there are definitely some things that you can point to and say, you know, this is why he's not a top five pick. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily have him fall outside my top five if I was a real life GM, but um, he's not a finished product. I mean, you need to develop that third pitch. But when you're doing this prospects live mock draft, I'm looking at the draft order right now. Uh, so the Brewers, oh man, fifteenth. Who are you eyeing up at fifteen? Who's on the I'm short? Not, I'm not going to say, man. I'm not going to. Oh wow. I'm not going to. I'm not going to divulge that. You're not going to tip your hand at all, huh? No. Close to the vest. I, it's fine. I very, very much want to get my guys in this, and I do not want to uh, get scooped. I mean, oh, there well, are. Well, it's not. I love it, but you're kind of implying that maybe it's not anybody who, you know, the mock drafts would maybe have around there. Maybe somebody, um, your own, your own guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that. It's just, it's so wide open to me, like mm -hmm. outside of the top seven or eight picks, like I, nobody would surprise me. Like we're talking like pick nine, pick 10, pick 11. Like, I think you're just going to see all kinds of craziness happening. And so, 
I mean, I expect certain guys to be there, but I don't feel super confident about anyone being there necessarily. So, um, it's That's gonna fine. Be you don't, you don't have to tip your hand. You don't have to. Yeah. I hope you can. I hope you get your guy, and I hope you can let us know maybe next week uh, who you and got. I'll, and I'll be honest, like on the on the broadcast, like when they when they bring me in, um, if I get who I wanted, then I will say that. I got who I wanted. If I got sniped on someone, I will give credit to whoever sniped me and say that that was the guy that we were eyeing up. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we can review this a little bit next week. Oh yeah, we're we're definitely reviewing it for sure. That'd be cool. I uh, one of the selling points too with that whole, uh, you know, YouTube broadcast and thing they got going on is they actually have their own video of a lot of these prospects, right? I mean, those guys have a lot of their own video that they they put out there. I think it's really cool. Uh, the Reds, it looks like that three. Well, they got two first rounders. They got that number 30. And then an and 35. Wow, they got 17, 30, and 35. They better do something good with those picks. Uh, 30 is the comp pick for Trevor Bauer. So, yeah. I look forward to that and look forward to reviewing that next week. James, um, any other prospect related? Topics you want to throw out there or mention briefly before we draft our walk-up music? Um, well, yeah, just really quickly, I, um, a couple other wild cards, that guys that have really been hitting well at A that I think there's a slight chance you could see this year would be uh, Josh Young, who's been awesome since getting activated off the IL. Um, if he just continues to tear the cover off the ball, we, we could see him later this summer. And then uh, Nolan Gorman, uh, he's he's going to be a, a riser on the next update if he keeps up what he's doing. And you'd think the Cardinals, they're um, competitive enough and in win-now mode to the point where they would probably give him a look if he keeps this up. And, um, yeah, just wanted to mention those two guys since they're doing so well at AA. But, yeah, let's get to the, uh, let's get to the walk-up tracks. Real quick, though, I just don't want to leave these uh, commenters hanging. One was from Twitter. And one is a live comment on the actual show. Brady House, any thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I didn't mention him um, because I am a little lower on him. Uh, he's he's a guy that could go 1-1. I mean, he could be the first player taken in the draft. That would not surprise me at all. He's going to be very uh, coveted by teams that really value exit velocity and uh, hard hit data and stuff like that. Um, but I, I just, I tend to shy away from prep hitters with hit tool concerns. Like there's so much risk with any prep hitter. Uh, even the ones like some of the guys that we thought were extremely low risk, like Mickey Moniak was supposed to be extremely safe as a, as a prep hitter and he never developed. Um, so the guys that there's actually significant risk with the hit tool coming into the draft. Like that's just that's so much risk, uh, and and the guy's four or five years away from the majors. I mean, house house is at least four years away from the majors. So you factor in the ETA, the fact that he's not going to be a five category guy. Um, probably at best, he's going to be like a three and a half category guy. Uh, it's just there's a ton of risk there. Um, so I'm, he might not even be ranked in the top one hundred uh, after the draft. Damn. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Chris Johnson tweeted at us, wanted to know about uh, Tyler McGill or maybe Taylor McGill. 
Yeah, honestly, I I don't know a ton about him. I uh, have not watched him at all. I know that the the production at, at AA and AAA were pretty impressive. I would not start him today uh, against Atlanta. I think that's that's one you want to avoid. Yeah, that's pretty um, scary. But, but you, you, I mean, watch watch how he does, and we'll we'll see how he does. I mean, if he looks really impressive, and he and he's got um, three pitches that that look solid, and he's throwing strikes, then maybe he's a guy to go add, or maybe you start him in his next start. But um, I'm, you know, I'm going to learn about him today, just just like everyone else, because I, I have yeah. not seen him pitch yet. Looks like he's made like eight starts in his pro career. Uh, Twenty five years old though, so well, eight eight starts this year. Oh, just this year. Okay, maybe I was just looking at. Okay, I'll have to look at the rest of his uh, resume. But okay, yeah, starting today. But yeah, that's a pretty scary match. But he's twenty five, so maybe he's advanced enough at his age to uh, handle big league pitching or big league hitting. So, James, what are you uh, drafting this week for for your walk up music? Uh, I'm going to take popular demand. Uh, in parentheses, Popeyes is the track, and that's <laughs> Clips and Clips and Cameron. Uh, that's a one of my favorite songs ever, probably. And you know, a song's going to be good when it has a parentheses subtitle. <laughs> you just know, like, yeah, you just know it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. There's, I, uh, I think- there's, there's, there's like some. There's some LeBron James shade in that track. I mean, there's just lots of lots of uh, awesome lyrics from Clips and Cameron. Okay, I was I'm trying to think of the song. Oh, it was uh, it was a mystical song. I told you that after I picked a mystical song, um, I was going to be. I kind of got down that rabbit hole, and one of them was uh, maybe Danger. I forget what the uh, in parentheses title was. But I got down the mystical rabbit hole after um, choosing "Here I Go" for for this. And I want to thank our buddy Andrew Redding for maintaining the the playlist. I've been listening to it on Spotify here. Or there, I take some walks. It's uh, shaping up to be a hell of a playlist. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to do another duplicates a song that was on a, a past playlist. But one of my favorite beats of all time. Backbones, Five Deuce for Trey. I absolutely nice. love that beat. And uh, a hidden gem, too. Plus, just a great way to, if you hear the, the first few notes of that that track, just a great way to walk up to the uh, plate. Plus, I actually have Five Deuce for Trey in my gamer tag, James. We talked about how this is the era of the gaming injuries. Um, and I think if I were up? I'm nursing a few day-to-day issues. By the way, I told you last week I was going to get a Series S Xbox. And then then I said, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you said, I have no idea what that is. But I will bet someday you'll be an Xbox Game Pass subscriber because this Game Pass thing is kind of changing. It just changes, uh, blew my mind. Wow. It's kind of like Netflix for uh, gaming. I know you're not a big gamer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think, can't. You know, I I just don't have I just don't have time, man. Oh, I know. I I really don't either. But I I have a backlog of games, and I've already also, filled my hard drive on this on this new thing. 
also, my, my wife has told me that if I was a gamer, our our courtship would not have lasted very long. So <laughs> that is totally fair, dude. I uh, I respect her opinion on that. <laughs> frankly, uh, I can't help it though. I, and look, gaming is a huge industry, and I do I can't help but like some of those games. But I do think if uh, I were a pro wrestler, I may may choose five dudes four trays my my entrance theme too. That's all. That's how high it is on the ladder for me. I think that's that's one of your best selections of of this uh, current playlist. I remember buying Backbone's album because of this this one track. And my I buddy, my buddy Sean bought track. that album, and I burned Didn't, it. Yeah, I couldn't name another song off of it. That's how no. little spin I ended up giving it. But uh, he was he a uh, backbone? Was he a member member of Goody Mob? I feel like he was. But. Uh, maybe, he, maybe, yeah, maybe he ran Dungeon with Family. The Dungeon yeah. Family, yeah, sounds right. If you have not heard Backbone's Five Deuce Four Tray, you gotta gotta bump that up. Anything else on your mind today, James? No, man. Um, excited for. Excited for the Eastern Conference Finals to get underway tonight. Go Bucks! Yeah, we'll be. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Bucks. I probably won't be watching, frankly, but uh, I'll be. I'll still rooting for them and wish them luck. And uh, I'll be gone on Friday, so uh, I think it's Todd and a mystery mystery partner. Uh, I'll have to wait and see who that is myself. I don't know who it is. But a partner of Todd's choosing on the two-star pitcher pod. And then James and I will be back next week. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done